0: You ready for the word? Yes. Okay, before that, I don't know whether Willis is watching online, but you can run and you can't hide. Now, I told you what was going to happen. Yes, I did. I told you what was going to happen. A lot of people were in denial, and I'm okay. Denial is not a river in, in, in Africa. Never mind. Never mind. I'll t- Y'all ready for the word? I love good, healthy competition, especially when I win. <laughs> you guys have got to lighten up just a little tiny bit. I mean, I mean, uh, for for Alabama's sake, I'm glad somebody humbled them. It's fun, it's fun, it's fun, it's fun. Get your Bible out and go to Genesis chapter five. And again, I said it wrong this morning. I think it's 24, 524. So pop that up on the screen. Genesis five. It's a statement here in the Bible that's verse 24. It says, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. You know, when you read that and you think to yourself, well, a lot of people walk with God. No, they don't. And, and we think of the Genesis, um, and you understand that everybody on the earth knew about Adam. Adam was still alive. Everybody knew about God. Everybody knew about the garden. They knew it. And up until the time of the flood, they all knew it. Adam died. It was either in the flood or right before the flood. And so this is not something that was not common knowledge. But for it, the Bible say that Enoch walked with God is quite a statement because it, it picked him out as someone who on purpose decided to walk with God. Now, I want to talk, and we're, we're going to talk about walking with God, but in all reality, what I want to talk about this morning is fellowship. Now, where we're going to go is this go to 1 Corinthians 1. Let me just turn over there. And we're going to go down a road today, uh, answer a lot of questions. How many of you want your prayers answered? Yeah, well, we're going to talk about that. How many of you th- would honestly say you struggle with having faith? We can talk about that We talk about why that is. And um, faith's not a formula, it's a button and a lever, it's not. Prayer's not a button and a lever you pull and, and, and out pops an answer. In 1 Corinthians 1.9, it says, God is faithful by whom you were called into fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Bible is not just about relationship with God. And yet the church today has turned the gospel in to come to Jesus and go to heaven. That's not the gospel. It's a piece of the gospel, but it is not the gospel. So what, what is the gospel? It, God made the heavens and the earth for a reason. All of the, you know, all the solar system, all the stars were made for man. We are his crowning jewel. That was the whole reason for everything that you see was for us. Well yet we know that in the garden, God lost man and relationship. Through sin was broken. Though God is a, a holy God, He still loved man and began to work to redeem man back to Himself. So when we see the cross and we see Calvary, what we see is that God has been working throughout time to to pay the price of sin, which was Jesus, to bring us into a relationship with Him. In order to fellowship, the goal has always been to fellowship with us the way he did Adam and the way he did Jesus. But what's happened in church is that we have preached relationship as though relationship and fellowship are the same thing and they are not. They're similar, but they're not. And because of that, we have a lot of people right now, born-again Christians, who have a relationship with God and little or no fellowship at all. Now think about that for a second. Because relationship is what Jesus did for you. Fellowship is what you do with that relationship. And so to most people, our relationship with God is he's up there and we're down here and we're going to see if we can get him to help us a little. And that's not Bible. He's not up there. He's in you. And since his whole goal was fellowship, Mm -hmm. he still has the same goal. His goal is to walk with you every day. every day. But God is faithful by whom you were called to the fellowship of his son. Mm-hmm. You see, a lack of faith is because you don't know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Now let's stop. Let's, let, let's just go here a minute. I, I've... I've seen this, I've dealt with it in my own soul, so I'm not preaching at you. Where we get into trouble, and we either try to get a hold of God, or we try to find someone else to get a hold of God. Why are you trying to get a hold of him? See, that's not Bible. That's not scriptural. The truth is, your faith will never be greater Than your fellowship. To some people, it's a matter of walking in and going, Heavenly Father, and da-da-da-da-da, and walking out with an answer. Other people, they're asking, would you please go in the throne room for me? And that's really most Christians. I want to change that. I want to change that in this church because of this. In the days ahead, this relationship only don't work. Because you're going to learn there's a lot of things that aren't happening for you because you're not fellowshipping the relationship. Okay, boy. Now, if y'all go quiet on me, I'm just going to preach another hour. I'm just going to keep going. I want to read something out of a book. I like to read books. I'm a book. I'm a kind of a bookwormy person. I didn't say I was wormy. I said bookwormy. This is a book called um, The Master's Calling by Lynn Hammond. And in the beginning of the book, she puts in here a prophecy that she had in 1993. And I want to read it to you because it's so apropos to what we're dealing with in America today. I said you'd be changed in my presence, says the Lord, if you have not experienced change in your life, if your old ways are still prevailing. If your old man is still in evidence, you have not spent the time with me that I desire. It is not a matter of self-control or discipline in your flesh with no help from me, says God. If you'll spend time in my presence, you will be changed. Your pattern of life will be changed. Your old man will begin to pass away and your new man will begin to rise in the image of my son. Your life will begin to bear much fruit. The evidence of your walk with me will change as a result of spending time in my presence. Now that's, that's powerful, powerful prophecy. Let's look at a word that she said here and talk about it. It's the word time. Time is a commodity. Do you know what a commodity is? It's something spendable. Money is a commodity. You have a certain amount of money in your checkbook or your savings account. And every time you and I go to the store, we are determining whether what we're buying is worth our money. We don't buy stuff that we think is overpriced. Well, some people do. You know, like the kid said, mom, just write a check. It don't work that way. But you and I are often sitting down and looking at a, at something and going, is it worth it? And I got to tell you this about the housing market. And, and, and the other day I went to see Josh Brown and Josh Brown's, uh, you know, a part of an organization. They're building houses. And I, I looked at Josh and I said, how much is this house sell for? I think he's going to say $225,000. And and, uh, which I think is high. And he said 500. And I like to just fell out right there on the dirt. Five, two-story house. A little steep for what I think it's worth. But people from New York and California are flooding into the state because they screwed theirs up. And, and we want to let them know, don't bring your ways with you. Right. Enjoy our sunshine. And, and, they, and they take their mask off and then dance around and holler and praise the Lord. That's enough of that. But I, you know, to me, I remember, I remember when a house was $40,000. At least in my first house, it's was $59,000. Have you ever looked back and thought, I wish I'd kept that thing and not sold it? Man, imagine what you could turn on that now. So to me... Money, money is a commodity, and and we decide how we spend it. Time is a commodity. You have time to spend, and you're spending it on what you deem valuable. Now, let's go back to tithing for a moment. There was a time in America... That when Kenneth e. Hagin first started preaching on prosperity, most Christians didn't tithe. One church he pastored, one person tithed. The reason for that, they said, You're just after our money. It was in the Bible, but, but they didn't do it because they had the mindset, if we do, we won't have enough to pay our bills. And they reasoned in their soul away from obeying God. Well, over time, it got preached so much. Remember, Oral Roberts would preach seed, time, and harvest seed. And he caught a lot of flack from Christians over preaching money. And people still have a problem with it. But finally, somewhere along the line, people begin to realize that we're not after your money. We're trying to help you. Amen. And we're obeying God. Amen. Well, we're at a position right now where we're doing the same thing with time. Because most Christians don't spend it with God. Yeah, that's true. And if I, I mean, if I come to church every Sunday, I would never have any time. If I pray, where am I going to get the time? Well, I'm going to ask you to do something. When you learned about tithing, you found out that you never had enough money to tithe. So give him the tithe before you start. Come on. That's right. That's right. And let and then you live on the 90 and you found out it worked. You actually increased. See, you're going to have to get to the place where you're cutting the, the most valuable t- Time you have and giving it to him off the top. Yeah, that's or good. you won't have any left. You're gonna give him the dregs. He doesn't want the dregs. So let's talk about God for a minute. Where would you be without him? Do you realize this? And I say this. You and I were going to hell. What what part of that are you not thankful for? Right. I'm very thankful that I'm not going. I wake up every morning going, Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you. See, He found me. So I'm going to say something here, and I say this in grace, and I want you to hold with me for a minute. In a marriage between a man and a woman, there is a honeymoon period, there is a time of dating. But you can't keep the honeymoon going all the time. Someday there's going to be dishes, laundry, and dirty underwear. That's called marriage. Christianity, there is no preacher can put on a song and dance for you every Sunday morning to thrill you into coming to church. You don't come to church because we have a song and dance. You come to church because of Jesus. Jesus and your church going, and your walk with God are synonymous. Not your relationship with God, but your fellowship with God. Because you haven't cut out the time and given it back to him. So where would you be without the Holy Ghost? which was a gift. Where would you be without church? Where would you be without the Word of God? Where would you be? See, all of those things were given to you and God did that. He's chasing you because he wants to fellowship with you. He doesn't want a relationship with you. He wants fellowship with you. And a lot of the things that you want in life will never happen without fellowship. Not because you're saved. That's just, I want you to sit and think about that a minute. So what, what is in the way? I married Lisa for fellowship. I didn't marry Lisa because I needed a bookkeeper and a worship leader. I have a bookkeeper and a worship leader. But I married her to be with her. Now, we have a relationship called husband and wife. But we also have a fellowship. The relationship, we got in one day. The fellowship, well, we've been working on that. And we've had times when it was broken. And we had to work to put it back. It's not easy to fellowship. Fellowship's a gift. So, I take... Time for her. She's the most important person in my life next to Jesus. Then I take time to fellowship with my children. And I take time to fellowship with you. I set it apart. It's a, it's a high priority. Oh, are there other things? Well, there's a lot of other things. But if I don't carve it out to begin with, I will never have it. Amen. Amen. Now, relationship is what God did in Christ. Fellowship is practicing the presence of God inside of you. So we have this idea that God is in heaven and we're down here. That's not true. Well, he is in heaven. But he lives in you and he wants to walk with you. That Now listen, let's go back to Lisa and I for a minute. In order for us to maintain fellowship, there's going to be give and take and there's going to be things I'm going to change and there's going to be things she's going to change in order to maintain that fellowship. Now, boy, well, y'all are exciting. I just, I, I, y'all are, it's just exciting in this place. Let me go back here to verse 18, page 18. I'm okay with quiet sometimes. Not all the time, but quiet, especially at night when I'm trying to sleep, not Sunday morning. Listen to this, she says in this book. Paul knew Jesus because he fellowshiped with him not because he's saved. Faith and fellowship with God are inseparable. You see, you and I are going to get into places in the next seven years on this earth. You're going to need to know God. And I can't do that for you. That's a choice you're making right now. That's a heavy thought. And what has happened is we've placed things that are not sin. There's always something to do. There's always something that robs you of time. But see, I schedule time with Lisa. Someone says, I'll look at him and say, I have an appointment and I must go. Well, where are you going? Very important person. Amen. It's a date. Amen. But I value it highly. You know, Lisa and I wake up in the morning and we, and um, I make all the bread in the house now. <laughs> and she eats half of my bread. She just asks me, where's my bread? And I make coffee because she gave me a scripture, Hebrews so I always make the coffee and make the bread and we get our Bibles out and we go in there and sit in the living room because if we don't cut it out first thing in the morning, we won't have any time. By the time the day hits us, sometimes Lisa and I come walking in the house about nine or 10 o'clock at night and by then we're just wore out. That's not quality time but we, we carve it out in the morning on purpose and we carve out times to go places and do things. And I'll just tell you all this since y'all are special. Sometimes we walk out of this church and go to Wakiva Springs and swim in the pond for an hour down there and then come back to work. You can't work all the time. But I married her to be with her. I got saved to be with Jesus. He did that to be with me. He loves walking yeah. with me. Amen. And I carve out time for him. Amen. Yes. Amen. That's a good thought. Amen. That's a good thought. Notice I said fellowship not relationship. They're not one and the same. A man and a woman can walk down an aisle have a minister marry them, and legally they'd have a relationship, and even if they never spoke to one another, they would be married. (laughs) Does this mean they know each other? Does it mean they have fellowship? No. No, they don't. By the same token, every person who has been born again has a relationship with God, but not everyone who's been born again has fellowship with Him. A great many people come to the altar, shake hands with Jesus, and say, I receive you as Savior, welcome to the family, and the fellowship stops. This is a travesty. This is, this is why America is in the mess it's in. And it's not sin, it's just that there's a lot of things more important to us than, than Him. I give Lisa gifts because I want her to see me. I don't want her to fall in love with the gifts I give her. Right. Now, let me stop it. Well, let me read this. The kind of experience does not bring eternal life. It'll get you to heaven when you die, but it will not bring Zoe. Prayer-inspired, God-kind-of-life that Jesus intended for you to have. This will, what will produce that quality of life? Jesus tells us in John 17, 3, this is eternal life. They know you, the only true God, and Jesus whom you sent. Eternal life comes from knowing God. Somebody says, well, I know God through the Word. But let me tell you something. It's possible for you to know the book backward and forward and not know the author. And that's the way it was with the Pharisees. Please understand, I am a word person. I love the word. If you try to apply the word without fellowshipping with the person of the Spirit and God Himself, your life and your prayers will be dry and powerless. That is because it is the Holy Spirit who quickens the word, it is God Himself, the person and power behind the word, that makes the word come alive. I'm doing good, aren't I? Yes. Folks, this is not a small subject. This is actually very huge. Um, go to Luke 10 with me. This is a choice you make. Well, let's talk about marriage for just a moment before we do this. And, and I'm going to beef up the man on purpose because there's so much negative about fathers and dads. But when I married Lisa, I, I bought her house and then I built her one. She didn't build it, I built it. And then I built her a second one and I completely remodeled the third one. I gave her children. She didn't have them alone. I built this church. Lisa didn't build this church. I put her on the stage. I put her in an office. She wouldn't have any of this one for me. But because she's my wife, she has benefits. That without being married to me and fellowshipping with me, she wouldn't have it. She breaks fellowship. She can come off that stage. Well, don't look at me in that tone of voice. It got quiet in this church. Fellowship is essential. Now, let's talk about the woman for a minute. The reason I said that about the man is because for whatever reason, we have a thing in this country that women have children alone. If you're alive, you have a daddy. And he's not a semen donor. He's a human. Now, without Lisa, Lisa, I said I gave her a house. She made it a home. She gave me children. She raised them. She turned my house into a beautiful place. And I tell her all the time I love women noises. There's girl noises in the kitchen. I like girl noises. Because it's quiet without her. And I love her fellowship. And yet when I put her up here, she took over the worship and made this church beautiful. And she's doing things that I can't do. So I can't live without her either. Now, see, sometimes we need to talk about God. You can't get along without him. He can't get along without you. So let me slow down here a minute and make a, make a, make a statement. When fellowship is broken, life does not go. I don't mean relationship. I said fellowship. It strains everything from the kids to the money and to your health. If that's true for her and I, how much more is that true with you and God? Amen. In other words, let's just say that we got married and we didn't fellowship. <laughs> I ain't building her anything. Thank you. Let her build it herself. I'll give her a hammer. Wouldn't happen. God designed men and women to make families together for a reason. It's not built just around relationship. It's built around fellowship. Now, because the fellowship, the richer the fellowship, the more blessed she is. The richer your fellowship with God, the more blessed you are. There are places you will never go. That's right. Now, let me, let's, let's slow it down a minute and let's get a little closer to home. When you get married, do you pray about it? Some people didn't. Don't shout me down. That job you got, that college you went to, you didn't even ask God about it. You just took off. And then you're coming back and want to know why your life's falling apart. Well, wait a minute. What, what did God have to say about all the stuff you're doing? Yes. Amen. When Lisa and I do things, I'm the head of the home. That's a strange thing to hear today. The man is the head of the house, only with her permission. Not really. But we sit back before we do something and we talk. I say, what do you want to do? She don't want to do everything I want to do. I don't want to do everything she wants to do. Sometimes we do things apart, but not for long. But we spend time together. See, why do we not do that with God? Why do we not fellowship enough that we can go in there and hear him go, no, you don't want to do that. Do you think he wants to watch everything you watch on TV? No, he doesn't. Lisa doesn't want to watch everything I watch. She gets up and leaves. I ain't watching all that mess. Jordan will, Justin will, but Lisa don't want to watch it. Do you ever think that maybe the Holy Ghost wants to go? Do we have to sit here and watch this movie? Yeah, that's true. That's good. When 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 they start GDing, TV goes off. I don't care what the movie is. I don't care. Someone asked me the other day, "Did you see Yellowstone?" About ten minutes of it. It got so nasty, that was the end of the, I don't know what happened after that. I thought this might be a good cowboy movie. It wasn't. I know some of y'all watched the whole thing. Shame on you. I'm doing really good. I'm just, I'm picking on you a little bit. But I'm very conscious of what Lisa likes and what Lisa does not like. Most of the time when we go on a date, most of the time, I let her pick the restaurant, but not all the time. When she picks Panera three times in a row, I go, mm-mm. We're not going to Panera tonight. We—we I'm panera it out, girl. Now, in honor, I usually prefer her. I, I usually just give her the honor. But I don't give in to everything she wants. Because every once in a while, I'm like, no, nah, I ain't doing pizza right now. I'm trying to lose weight. And she goes, well, scrape the top off. I ain't doing that either. We're going to the steakhouse right now because that's on my diet. <laughs> but, you know, I'm very conscious of her and what she likes. Very conscious. I let her design the house. I let her, and, and good Lord, why would any man want to fix up a house when you have a wife that knows a lot more? She, she, you know, to her, there's like a thousand different pinks pink is pink Amen. green is green blue is blue Amen. and she comes in there and, and poor steve she, well that's a little off shade and i'm going <laughs> honey baby that's leave it alone you know but it was but pink, it was pink. <laughs> and the wood what was that wood underneath there it was there was a maple a pink maple And red maple made it look pink. And she made him take it down. I thought, looks good. She goes, no. I mean, she's like color. And I just leave. Tell me where you want me to nail it. I mean, The only time I bucket's when she says, rip it down. I go, I don't think I'm to rip it down. Yeah, I don't don't like that. (laughs) But see, you can understand from marriage that the real secret to marriage is fellowship. And it's not easy to maintain. Fellowship and with God is not easy because you're going to have to live right. Can I say it again? If you're not living right, you're not in fellowship with God. And all of my prayers aren't going to do a bit of good. Right. It's a pretty strong statement and say, "I love you anyway, pastor." Luke 10:38. Let's go to Luke 10:38 and let's read it. It happened as they went, they entered a village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed them in her home. she had a sister named Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard the word. And Martha was distracted with much serving. She approached him, Jesus, and said, Lord, don't you care? My sister's left me to serve alone. Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered, said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken from her. In other words, there is always going to be something to do. Now, you need to just get that and mark it down. There will always be something come up on Sunday. There will always be something come up when you want to pray. There will always be something come up. If there's not something, then someone will ask you to do something. Someone. And you have to make up your mind, no, I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus, and I want to spend time with him. And if it's not a decision, it will be taken from you. Yeah. But, your, but life comes out of fellowship, not relationship. That's right, it does. Amen. Mary Fran got all over this. This is what got me to thinking like this, where she talked about that scripture, come up here with me. The Holy Spirit... Yeah is the person, he's God, and he will lead you into all truth. If you don't fellowship the relationship, you will not know truth. You will live and die and never step into your destiny. Never. You'll wake up in the morning. You'll eat your cereal or your Fritos or whatever you eat. Your pancakes and biscuits. And then you'll take off to work and you'll work all day. And you can't wait to the weekend to do something you finally enjoy since you hate your job. And then you'll try to squeeze something into Saturday. And if that doesn't happen, we'll just go ahead and take Sunday before you head back to work that you hate. And then one day you die. What good did that do you? That's not life, folks. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Wouldn't it be a whole lot better to just trust him and walk with him and let, and let him walk you through life? You wouldn't be making decisions that cost you 10 or 15 years to fix. Thank you. He, he wants to have a say-so in where you go and what you do and how you do what you do. So without spending time with him, you won't have that. Now here is an issue. Here is an issue. Much of the time, not much, but I'd say some of the time that I get into worship, the Spirit of God starts talking to me about things He wants me to change. And I'm trying to worship God and He's talking to me about Joe Blow over there I ticked off last week. But see, because I hadn't talked to him since yesterday, Mm -hmm. thank y'all, I'll come over here and preach. You see, it is in the presence of God that he's able to dialogue with you. And I'm up here trying to worship God and and I'm going, Heavenly Father, let me just pray for Joey. Because I don't want you to pray for Joe. I want you to go back here and talk to Joe. But see, God has a, he wants to have a say so in what's going on in your life. I've had times when I'm standing standing on the word, standing on the word, standing on the word, standing on the word, standing on the word. I could keep going, let's keep going, standing on the word, standing on the word, and nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. Well, go back and ask him, uh, did I miss something? Yeah, Yeah, you did. Listen, when your wife hadn't talked to you in three days, don't walk in the kitchen and go, is something wrong? (laughs) Let me just give you the heads up, something's wrong. And let me go ahead and give you the outcome. It's you. <laughs> fellowship takes effort. If you want a fellowship with God, you're going to have to live right. And you're not always going to do what you want to do when you want to do it. You can't be married single. When you get married, there's another person in the room now. You want me to build for you? You want me to do this for you? You want me to mow the grass for you? You want me to give you sons? I want you to do this. I don't like that to eat. I want to eat that. I don't care what your mother said. Lisa and I had this argument when we got married over cornbread. Martha makes skinny cornbread. I make fat cornbread. If you can't slice it and put butter in it, it ain't cornbread. Now she says it's cake. She said, I make cornbread, not cake. I said, I make cornbread. You just make, what is that flat stuff you cook? And you, where do you put the butter on this thing? She says, you put it on top, and I want to put it in the middle. And so we have this argument going on in our house about cornbread Leggett versus Morgan cornbread. And every once in a while I win. And if I don't like the way she makes it, I make it myself. Thank y'all. But I'm not breaking fellowship with her. I will do what I have to do morally to walk with this lady. And that might mean change. And I will do what I have to do to walk with God. See, America's in a mess. The church doesn't even know the Lord, and it's not sin. It's just no time. Am I doing all right? Yeah, I am. Woo! John sixteen, go there. You have no idea how I love preaching. I love. I love you guys. I love the word. I. I love, I love what I do for a living. I, I love each one of you. And I can watch your lives and go, hmm, that's not gonna work well. And some people who are born again just need to spend some time with God. We used to have altars in churches and we took them out and man, we messed up. When I got born again, I had a Baptist hymnal, and I still remembered the songs. And I would sit in my living room, and I remember the tunes. This is my Father's world, and to his are my listening ears. And I'd just sit and sing, and I'd go to May. I'd just sit and sing and worship God. Do you think that was a waste of my time? It was not. Because God loved it and God blessed me. I don't mean that he doesn't love other people, but he knew I love him. I so appreciate him. And if you do, you're going to spend time. It's not crimping my time to come to church and worship God. Do you understand that I don't. I've, I've been saved for over forty years. This still doesn't bore me. Going to coming to Mary Fran's meeting does not bore me. Hearing Mark preach does not does not bore me. I have nothing else better to do. Okay, I'm doing good. At least you finally engaged with me. John sixteen, verse twelve. Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth and he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak and he'll even show you things to come. He will glorify me and take what's mine and declare or show it to you. Without time, with the Holy Spirit, you will never know the Lord. That's true. You'll know about Him, but you won't know Him. The Bible says, They that know God will do exploits. The word know there is the same word Adam knew Eve, and it's the same word Joseph did not know Mary. We're talking sex. No, I'm not talking about sex with God, I'm talking about an intimacy that in the bedchamber is where the things for you happen. And you've got you've to go in there in order to be with him. Yes. Yes. Now, I'm not calling Lisa up and saying, I want to spend time with you. And she goes, no, I'm on the phone with someone. We can take the phone and do something with the phone. Right. marry you to, to have the phone take my place. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a bird. A lot of churches have God, the Father, God, the Son, but God, the Holy Ghost, we don't want him. He's a person. And you have to welcome him and you have to choose to spend time with him. And that would be what we call prayer. And I'm not talking about slinging words against the wall. There has to be give and take. What do you want to do? What do you want to pray about? How do you want to pray about this? There are times when I've sat down in prayer and the Lord said, I just want you to sing. And I go, okay, that's good enough for me. And just worship God and sing. You say, are you praying? Yeah. I'm spending time with him. I'm writing a book now called, If Any Man, and his stories of me walking with God. And they didn't happen because I got a Bible out and learned some Bible. It happened because I walked with him. And I learned a lot walking with God. And I learned, I know a lot now walking with God. I never would have moved to Orlando if I didn't walk with God. I would have never known about Orlando. But I prayed until I got, until I got what he wanted me to do. I, I didn't even like Florida. Yeah. It's hot and it stinks now. It smells like fish. Yeah. And you have one season, hot. Yeah. Well, two, cooler yeah. for a day. And that's not, it's not exactly to, to, to a Georgia Bulldog and, and somebody that grew up around where it snows occasionally. I like Four Seasons. I like flannel shirts. Other than in my closet wishing I could wear one one day. Where I open up the windows and turn the air conditioner down and pretend like it's winter. If it wasn't for God, I would not never moved here. If it wasn't for God, I'd have never met Lisa. If it wasn't for God, I'd have never married her. That day in the truck, he spoke to me and said, I need you to get on with your life. This is your next wife. And I had to go home and pray about it. I said, I bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name. I'm not. I ain't lusting after no beautiful, blonde-headed, blue-eyed woman. And she's a pretty girl. But if God didn't give her to me, I'm not thinking about her. I'm not running around thinking about women. And the day that he said that to me, I prayed and prayed and prayed. And once I got the okay, I chased her down, ran her boyfriends off, and married her. There's people that, well, you're in, she has a boyfriend. I could care less. (laughs) Boy, we we need to talk about marriage one day. Some of you kids need to learn something about And I've been chasing her ever since. And I'm going to tell you how to do it. Men, do you want to know? You take them home and you cook. Now, I found out Lisa likes shrimp, crab meat, Scallops. scallops. She didn't like steak until she met me because her mother made all these. What was that stuff she cooked? Flat. It's old, hard. Jerky. Flank steak. Flank ain't steak. Flank should be ground into burger and poured over the top of rice. Never mind. So when I first introduced her to a steak, she said, I don't, I don't eat steak. I said, you will after you eat mine. I made her one and she ate hers and then ate half of mine. I went, well, okay. But you know, it's good when you marry a girl and her boyfriend's stupid. That was blunt. Okay, let me back that up. It's good that he didn't know nothing. Because he had the looks and I didn't, but I had the brains. Someone told me one time, says, you married outside your class. I said, well, it takes a certain amount of intelligence to do that. <laughs> oh, brother. All right, First John, go to First John. We're talking about fellowship, right? That's what we were talking about. <laughs> didn't y'all enjoy Mary Fran I really enjoy that lady you know we get to take her home and spend time alone with her and man she's just quite a woman of God and where was I where in the world was I You were called out of discord, bitterness, and unhappiness of spiritual death into fellowship with the great father God of the universe. Then I saw that fellowship was the heart reason for creation. God wants fellowship with human beings, and so he created the universe. When man fell and fellowship was broken, the reason for redemption was the restoration of lost fellowship. God desires to walk with you. The heart secret of the new creation is fellowship. God could not fellowship with the old creation that was ruled by the adversary, so he recreated it. He imparted his own nature so there could be a perfect fellowship. I found that the secret of prayer, really meeting the Father face-to-face, lies in fellowship. The secret of getting into the Word, knowing it, having it abide in us, in power, lies in fellowship. The secret of preaching that awakens men, turns people to the Lord, lies in fellowship. The secret of joy and a vibrant spiritual life is fellowship. The spiritual condition of the church today is a result of broken fellowship that is the tragedy in the church. Go to 1 John. In other words, you have to want it. Now I made, a, I made a statement a while ago and I want to go back to that statement and I want you to think seriously about what I'm about to say. We do the best we can to have a great worship service. We do the best we can to create a great church. When I, when I dated Lisa, I did my best to put my best foot forward. But there came a day when I had to put my white horse up and we had kids and we had dishes and we had laundry and marriage must there must be enough love to survive the laundry and the dishes I can't take her out and, and I can't wine her and dine her all the time neither can God if you're coming to church because of the church service You're out of fellowship with God. We cannot have a dog and pony show for you. I'm not going to be on top of my game every time you see me with a deep revelation. Are you all out there? If you don't have enough love for God to obey God, I cannot give you that. I made a choice to love my wife, not because of her, but because of me. He made a choice to love you, not because of you, but because of him. And you have to make the same choice. Now let's talk about this for a minute. How well do you think we know, Mary Fran? Real good. Do you know we know the good, the bad, and the ugly? Do you know we know her kids? Do you know we've stayed in her house? Do you know that our fellowship is still rich? It isn't based on her being perfect. I know Mark. I've stayed in Mark's house, flown in Mark's jet. We know Mark. I've seen him good. I've seen him not doing good. I love him anyway. If your love is based on whether we're thrilling you, you have a cheap Christianity. Because we're going to bring out the diapers and the poop. This is good preaching. And our church today is going around seeking somebody to get you and a prayer answered for you. Why don't you get your own prayer answered? It might cost you. y'all, I love y'all. Y'all are still with me and I have already said a lot of good stuff. 1 <laughs> John chapter 1, and let me qualify a statement. I realize when I preach this that there's people who don't agree with what I'm going to say, and I'm good with that. I don't mind. And I'm talking prominent men that we all look up to in the body of Christ. And they've turned 1 John into a, a, a book of relationship with God. It's not. It's, true. it's, it's not about relationship. It's about fellowship. Because there are preachers who do not differentiate between the two words and to their demise. That's not good. You see, Lisa and I have a relationship. We also have fellowship. We've had fellowship broken, but never relationship broken. If I based everything on just my relationship, I would never straighten up. I would never work to win her heart again and again and again. Understand that. And thus it is with you and God. You need to pay the price to fellowship with Him. He paid the price for your salvation. You're going to pay to have a fellowship with Him. There's no such thing as cheap grace, grace is expensive. It cost Him everything, and He's looking for something. Out of it. He wants you. And He's jealous for you. That's good. Verse 3 1 3 That which we have seen and heard and declared to you, that you have fellowship with us, not relationship. And our fellowship is with the Father and His Son Jesus Christ. And these things we write, so your joy will be full. Without fellowship, you don't have any joy. That's why you're at Walmart trying to buy another hat to get happiness. I don't know where you'd find a hat there. Verse five, this is the message we heard from him and declare to you, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If you say, I have fellowship with him and you're walking in darkness, you're not practicing the truth. If you walk in the light as he's in the light, you have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses you from all sin. Now, I want you to understand something. It is easy to fellowship with God. He never done anything wrong. You know what's hard? Is Josh Brown. Josh Brown and Alex. And occasionally Karen. Jeannie Bowser. Folks, it's not God that's hard to get along with. It's people. To the Listen, I can tell you how your walk with God is. Watch how you treat people that you know, and I'll tell you how you're doing with God. Not people you don't know. People you do know. And you still love them? That's Christian. Yes. I'm doing good. I mean, y'all got to amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. If you say I got fellowship with Him and you're walking in darkness, you're not. You're lying. I'm in fellowship with God. I know the Lord. I love the Lord. You coming back to church? Nah. I don't believe what they said to me over there. I ain't never walked my way that church i am telling you what right now, ain't the old man Louie over there, he didn't tick me off for the last time, and i am telling you right now, he ain't coming back. You don't know God. I know the Lord. I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven when I die. Yeah, that's sad. No, it's not sad. It's glad you're going. And I've been having this, you know, this problem, and I also want to pray for me. No. Thank you. Why don't you get in the altar and get right with God so you can get your own prayers answered. I'm doing good. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we're lying and not practicing the truth. You know the truth. You're just not doing it. If you walk in the light as he's in the light, you have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. How do you keep that blood flowing? Fellowship in with people. I'm talking about ornery people. Fellowship with people. God loves his kids. He wants people to love you. And he don't like it when they don't. And he wants you to love it. The greatest testament to him that you love him is loving his family. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Which means that when you break fellowship, the blood of Jesus is not flowing. It's quite a statement, isn't it? A lot of people having problems, and it says over in First Corinthians, you know, people are breaking fellowship with the body of Christ, and it says, for this cause, many are weak and sick and die prematurely. That's not necessary. If we say, I don't have any sin, he's talking about if you're in darkness, the truth's not in you. You've deceived yourself. The truth is not in you. Now, now I'm going to read this next verse, and let me just tell you, that I'm, I'm just going to talk about me. There are times when I will tell you flat out I'm right. But yet I'm mad at somebody. I'm not right. Because it's easiest thing in the world is to blame someone else for your mess. Well, let's say it is Lisa. Let's say it is Lisa's fault. Whose responsibility is it for me to go make it right? Me. Lisa? Lisa? What's up? I'm going to stay in fellowship with her or we're going to talk until we get back in fellowship. I'm not going to walk out of the house and throw a fit and leave and not come back for a month or two like Christians do church. You don't know God. I love the Lord. No, you do not. That's strong. This is why there's problems in the body of Christ today. There's a lot of problems going on. And we, we could talk about love is patient, love is kind. It's easy to read. Good God, is it hard to live? Yeah. Amen. It is hard to walk in love toward people who are not the sweetest people on the planet. They're just like Nathan Mercado over here. Man, is he, he's a blessing. I'll tell you something that's, that you can do, you can do it. Can you see the good? Can you look at a person and, I see the good in Frank. I see the good in Barbara. I see the good in Nathan. I see, but I choose to see the good. Oh, I can tell you some dirt. But you know what? Who? How deep is that? Now, I have to read the love book occasionally. Because I, you know, there's a thing about the... A living sacrifice keeps crawling off the altar. They're mine. Every once in a while, Jeannie goes, Pastor, you to walk on your love walk today, Pastor. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why did he say you confess your sins? Because you can't confess mine. I live for God. If pastors straighten up, you are never going to live for God. I'd live for God or this woman you gave me. Well, you're never going to live for God. And nobody's standing between you and God. I'm preaching really good. Lisa's not standing between me and God. My ex-wife's not standing between me and God. My children are not standing between me and God. And you're not standing between me and God. My walk with God is my walk with God. Based on him and me. Now, he's required me, if I'm going to walk with him, to love you. And I said, yes, sir. I didn't say it's easy. But it's changed me. And God does it on purpose because he wants you to change. I want my children to change. I want them to grow up. God wants his children to grow up. And he puts you in tough places. Don't run from tough. Stay. Stay faithful. Don't leave a church until everything's perfect. You wanted to grow in God, he put you some people to love and they're not lovely. And he did it on purpose. Well, I'm doing good. So how do you live right? Well, you confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That means there you can be the righteousness of God and still have stuff in your life that's unrighteous. And it's not going away until you stop and go, Heavenly Father, it's me. Yep. It's me. Right. I got out of love. I, got, I was impatient. I said what I shouldn't have said. Please forgive me. And now I got to go apologize to somebody. I got to go make it right. But I value my, my fellowship with God above everything. I value it. I said a while ago there's sometimes I'm in worship and he'll start talking to me about what he wants me to change. You get in his presence, he'll talk to you about all kinds of stuff. And I thank God for him. I thank God for God. I thank God for this church as imperfect as it is. I thank God for your pastor as imperfect as he is. I thank God for you as imperfect as you are. Because we're kind of stuck forever. You're going to know Don Sharp in a thousand years from now. You're going to have to go to his house and have a talk with Don Sharp. You might want to get to know him right now. He's a wonderful guy. He's got a few issues but he's a wonderful guy. Let's go back to what Mary Friend said, and let's close with this. At the church now is going to have to spend time with him. You're going to have to spend time in the Spirit. I'm not talking about just praying in tongues. You can pray in tongues and be messed up. That's, praying in tongues doesn't prove you're living right. You can pray in tongues and rob the bank. Walking there with a gun. Give me all your money. Shonda. You can read a Playboy magazine praying tongues. Don't oh, look at me in that tone of voice. Praying in tongues don't mean you're all that. He's helping you to fellowship with he, he's helping you. He's there to help you. And revere that. Revere it. So Mary Fran spent a few hours here talking about her fellowshipping with God. Folks, that's the greatest benefit in our life is our walk with God, not just relationship, but our walk with God. I'm I, I'm just going to ask you. There's a lot of things that you're dealing with, and you're not going to get them until you get close to Him. There's things that He see. Faith comes alive. The Word comes alive in fellowship. It's not a button and a lever. I'm believing for a healing. I'm confessing by stripes I'm healed. And I want me a healing from the flu, and I want one from the sinus headaches, and I need a raise in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I confessed it three times. I have it. Glory to God. He's not a slot machine. Let me close with this one story. Right after I got born again, I found out the formula for faith. I have me a faith formula. I read it in a book, and I went in there in my living room, and I opened up my Bible, and I said, Heavenly Father, I need $1,000 in the name of Jesus. And I said, according to Mark eleven twenty three and 24, I believe I received $1,000 in the name of Jesus. You see, I had already figured out what it cost to fix my pickup truck. It needed a transmission, and it needed a new bed. You throw something in the back of my truck, it'd just fall out on the ground. It went in a bed and it was all rotted out. And the tires were bald on it and the truck, it just needed a lot of work. And we needed food and I needed groceries and I needed clothing and I needed, and I just, a lot of stuff I needed. And I just realized I need $1,000. So I found out that I could use Mark eleven twenty-three 23 and 24 and get $1,000. So I went to God. I need $1,000. I believe I received $1,000. Jesus, no. I prayed like that for two or three days, walking around confessing I have $1,000. And one day the Lord said to me, <coughs> I said, yes, sir. He said, can we talk about this request? I said, yes, what do you want? You know, I'm thinking, yeah, come on, come come my thousand He said, I'm not your banker, I'm your dad. He said, if you push me, I'll give you the thousand. But I would prefer to be your father. Can I meet their needs without money? I went, Yes, sir. He said, All right, make a list. And pray over everything individually. Well, it wasn't long after that, then a guy came to work and handed me a bucket of bolts and says, Do you need some bolts for your truck? I said, Yeah. He gave me a whole box of bolts. Got the lumber yard, gave me the lumber, and a friend of mine traded something and gave me a four speed transmission, put in it. At the end of a month, I completely rebuilt a truck without a dime out of pocket. The lady next door came over knocked on my door and gave me two pair of Levi's that fit me and not her husband. And then the man down the street gave me his garden. And at the end of about six to eight weeks, God met every need on the list and never exchanged a dime. Driving down the road in Athens and the Lord said to me, if you pull in this place right here, that man um, has some tires that fits your truck and he needs a trailer. I had a homemade trailer. And I went in there and I said, I heard you need a trailer. He said, who told you that? I said, a friend. God is my daddy. I love my daddy. And I could push him. But faith is not a formula. Christianity is not a formula. And we've turned it into it. Two two hymns, two heard a hallelujah and, and out the door you go. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't know him, your life's not going to go well. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to do stuff. And it'd be a whole lot better if you went to him and asked him before you got doing something. What do you think about this? That's why I said earlier, we're praying about the, about the land. We're praying about it. When I walked on this property, the Lord said, this is it. Betty Mae prophesied that God had hidden us a piece of land on a hill. I went. In Florida? A hill? And she prophesied in the center of the city. Well, at the time, this wasn't the center of the city. But you know, having that word from Betty May at that time and us seeking God, we bought this property. We paid 125000 for the six acres. Say, that was good. That was God. It was a horse pasture. That was a dirt road. Amen. Ain't nobody wanted to live on this road. Ain't nobody... But God had a lot of good things happen in my life because of my walk with God. I've had things happen because I didn't do what he said. I look back and go, boy, I wish I hadn't have done that. And I wish I'd have prayed before I did that. Are you all ready to pray? I'm asking you to do something. I'm not just preaching sermon. I'm asking you to go somewhere with me. I want you to wake up on Sunday morning and I want you to get here on time. Not 30 minutes late. You don't do that at work. Don't be so disrespectful. Come in here and worship the Lord. I've asked Lisa to spend more time in worship and I'll spend less time preaching. Spend some time with him. When you leave here today, pull off to the side and start spending some time. Fellowship this relationship you have. And I'm going to tell you something. Your life will turn into a garden. It's like, like she prophesied at the beginning. A lot of stuff would happen better. You just spend time with God. Did I do all right? Did this help you? we got a lot of people out today. Some people aren't feeling good. I'm pretty sure that this bug is traveling around. Pray over the people in this church. Some of you have got prayers you won't answered. They're not going to get answered until you spend some time and find out what the Lord has to say to you about that. The other day I was praying about something, and I'll just tell you this. I was really bothered by it. And I went to the Lord and I said, you need to answer this? answer. I, I really need an answer. And he said to me very clearly, he says, I want you to start singing. I want you to start singing. I went, Yes, sir. It's not a formula. He said, I want to clean your face up, get happy, and sing. I went, Yes, sir, I'll do that. I'll sing. I love him. I wish I could tell you that I've never heard him, never bothered him. I have. We all have. You ready to pray? Father, I love this church. I love the people that are sitting in here and the ones that are watching us online right now that we're not able to be here. If there's a situation going on in America today, it's this. We've allowed the world to rob us of our time. And we're not where we should be. Many people are not where they should be. I pray that we would not get in condemnation but come under at least some conviction of the fact that you paid a high price for our fellowship and we should honor that and we should look at you and say we do love you Father but we should say it with our life what are we doing? what are we allowing in? are we doing what you told us to do? that's love Father, there's probably people in the room right now that my sermon has touched their heart and they're like, boy, I need to clean up. Yeah, we do. We all do. That's why you said if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us. That means that once we say, Father, forgive me, it's done. It's over. You cleanse it. It's gone. And you will never bring it up again. I thank you for that. And we all have needed that. I've needed that verse many times in my life to keep fellowship with you. I've worked to maintain my fellowship with my wife, my children, and you, and people. And I thank you that we can. And Father God, I pray if anybody in here today is out of fellowship and broken, that you would speak with their heart and restore them and bring them back to the place they need to be. And, Father, I give you the praise and honor and glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you by a show of hands. I'm not giving an altar call. How many of you would honestly look at me and say, I think I need to work on my fellowship? Yeah. Yeah. Kenny Robinson made a statement one time. He said, don't burn bridges behind you. You might want to go back over it. Don't go burning bridges with people. You may want to cross that bridge again one day. Amen. You got this? Willis, you can run and you can't hide.
1: (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. Just close your eyes with me. We'll do something a little different this morning. Say, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving me righteousness. Not because I earn it, but because you love me. I accept what you did. I accept you in my heart. Thank you. You're not now only Lord, but Lord and Master. Or not just Savior, but Lord and Master. To the best of my ability, I will do what you say do. I will go where you say go. I will spend time learning how to fellowship this relationship. In Jesus' name. I wanted just to, to say this to you this morning. I know there's not a lot of people here. I guess we just uh, came to church too much last week. But we thank you for being here. And Dr. Varallo wanted us to tell you, thank you. You were so generous to her. I told her you were. She was surprised at the offering. I said, yes, there have been times we've added big amounts, but this wasn't one of those. The church did it. And she said, you make sure you stand up and tell them that I love them so much and thank you for being generous. Amen. We love you. Hallelujah. We have leadership tonight. We're not going to do an altar call this morning. We just did one. I called and if you responded, you are born again. Online, You are born again going to heaven and your Father loves you and Jesus loves you and wants to have time with you. Amen. Speaking to yourselves, Jesus said in Ephesians 5, speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That means make them up. If you you don't see something on the screen back there, make it up. Do it in your home without the guitar. Making music, the NLT says, make music in your own heart to the Lord. Well, I can't sing. I don't know how to sing. That's your problem. Jesus said, make music in your heart to the Lord. Well, I'm intimidated. Well, I encourage you, and I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, but I encourage you, if you come in here and you're sitting by your friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your spouse, your whatever you are sitting by, and you're distracted and you're intimidated, pretend you're going to the bathroom Go out real quick, come back and stand in the back of the room and sing to the Lord. If you can't sing next to the person you're sitting by, get out here in the middle of the aisle or get over there or get over there and draw, draw a circle around yourself and don't let anything or anybody distract you. No more excuses for not opening your mouth and singing. Jesus said, make melody in your own heart. To the Lord So on the way out we're gonna sing Holy Spirit, you are welcome here come move, come breathe, come feel my atmosphere come on sing it. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come move, come breathe, come feel my atmosphere. One more time, lift your voice. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come move, come breathe, come feel my atmosphere. That's what he wants you to do at home. Amen. I love you. Have a good afternoon. See the leaders at six.